I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're very pleased to have back on the program and back in studio. Uh, we're almost getting you to where we can get the status and maybe collect some taxes from I'm you. I'm almost <laughs> a regular. I know, I know. I'm so Tim proud Tim Shriver uh, joining us. And uh, Tim, you're doing a lot of things while you're here in the state of Utah. Yesterday, I know you were part of uh, an important conference uh, with First Lady Abby Cox. Uh, tell us about that event. Well, the First Lady did just a, a wonderful job uh, uh, welcoming uh, thousands of teachers, really, into a community, into a an experience of support and affirmation. You know, what uh, the First Lady has many, many commitments, as I, I, I know the governor does too, but one of the things she noticed when she went around the state early in the governor's administration was the teachers didn't necessarily want another program or another exhortation or another to-do. They just wanted to know that, they, that people understood them, cared about mm-hmm. them, and affirmed their commitment, affirmed their value yeah. in our communities. Teachers really have felt, and I dare say, uh, rightly so, uh, under siege. Mm-hmm. They felt attacked uh, too frequently. They felt uh, bandied about in some of our politics. Uh, they felt like uh, people don't realize how tough their job has been. Yeah. And as a result, teacher burnout is very high. Teacher frustration is high. And teachers just don't feel like people understand them. This was a conference to say, not only do we understand you, we care about you, we value you, we love you. We want to make you laugh. We want to make you learn. We want to make you know that you're the centerpiece of our state's uh, future. Yeah. So it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful day. Uh, everything from improv entertainment. Uh, my colleague Mark Brackett uh, talking about becoming an emotion scientist mm. instead of an emotion judge. I spoke a little bit about inclusivity and uh, the social and emotional development of children and teachers, and taught a few little skills like how do you. How do you calm down when you're stressed out? And how do you communicate with people you disagree with? And how do you become an includer? How do you develop an inclusive mindset? These are all topics that came up. But the real stars of the show were the teachers themselves oh. and the first lady herself. Yeah, love that. And uh, I, I used to do uh, a lot of programs, and I would often say, you know, the the teachers. If if you could put a motto, you know, in in that uh, little break room for the for the teachers, I think it would say, you know, we the we the overworked and underpaid have, right. <laughs> yeah. have taught the unwilling for the ungrateful for so long, and have done so much with so little for so long, and that we now believe we can do anything with absolutely nothing. There it is. Uh, there it is. And uh, but there was that, a, there that was connection some... so important that they're not alone, that people, that they do feel understood. And trusted. I yeah. mean, one of the points I tried to make in my presentation, Boyd, was that trust is, I, I call it the new currency, the new central currency of our time. Building trust, feeling trusted, mm-hmm. feeling like you can be trustful of others. Um, and trust is earned, and trust is, is, doesn't come uh, for nothing. But teachers deserve our trust. Yeah. They've done the work. They've come out of pocket to pay for their kids to have lunch, to have pencils, to have books, to have an opportunity to go on a trip. They've 
stayed up and burned the midnight oil year after year. They've planned all summer long when they're not being paid Mm. to prepare for that September opening, for those first days of school. They've trained to be able to make our children feel welcome and valued. They deserve our trust. Uh, And uh, so there's a lot of work we have to do as a culture, I think, around this issue of trusting each other. But uh, we we can start with our teachers and yeah. give them uh, give them what they deserve and what they have earned, yeah. which is the trust of all of us. Uh, I love that we've been talking about trust a lot uh, on this program, and and we we've talked about it in the in the context of we we've stress tested our country under so many different things. We stress tested our constitutional republic in world wars. We've stress tested it in famines. We've stress tested it in economic collapse and pandemics. But we have never stress-tested our nation in the absence of trust. Mm. Uh, and whether that's trust in institution, whether that's trust in community, uh, and to your point, it, that trust in each other uh, is right. what I worry about most. So as you, as you look at taking that trust from a specific group uh, of teachers, uh, now let's ex- expand that a little bit in terms of how do we actually start building that currency of trust as it relates to our neighbors, our community, yeah. and ultimately our country? Well, I think, you know, uh, it, it's going to take a lot of work. This is not easy. Uh, and you're right. We've stress-tested our republic under a lot of external threats, uh, not as often under internal threats. The threat right now, I, I dare say, is us. Mm-hmm. It's the polarization, the divisiveness, the scapegoating in the culture. And I think the first step, I dare say the necessary step, is first to stop making it worse. (laughs) And uh, what we don't realize, I think many of us, I mean, I've come a little bit to some insights around this, but I'm still learning. We don't realize each of our own culpability Mm -hmm. in being purveyors of contempt and hatred of others. Most people think that's someone else who's hateful, who's, uh, who's divisive, who's contemptuous. But actually, there are uh, almost contempt contractors in our culture. Yeah, there's an industrial complex. There's a, you know, <laughs> our, our, our colleague Arthur Brooks refers to the outrage industrial complex that is monetizing and drawing us into almost an addiction yeah. to contempt. We watch terrifying news about other Americans. We hear a spin on that news that makes them sound even worse than the news would suggest. And before you know it, as soon as we've turned off the television or put down our phones, we got to go back. Yeah. Because we're scared. And now we're scared not just for ourselves, but for our families. We got to go back and get more information. And we go back and we get more information, and it's worse. And it's being validated that they're horrible. And all of a sudden, we've been convinced, and I would say duped. Yeah into finding ourselves in a vice grip of contempt ourselves we don't know how to get out. Yeah, and so and so often it's that, uh, I always call it the shampoo bottle model. It's the lather, rinse, repeat. Lather them up, get them angry, fearful, frustrated. Uh, you let them rinse that off with a nice $25 contribution yeah. to the campaign or whatever the issue is, yeah. and then you repeat it. And, yeah. and actually we've been conditioned, uh, to your point, Tim, we've been conditioned to respond inappropriately to right. base emotions like contempt, anger, fear, and frustration. Yeah. I mean, you know, we the psychologists have told us for years about fight or flight the mechanisms that when we're feeling threatened or, or under stress, we have these quick uh, impulsive reactions. Uh, I like to think that there's a fight or flight. Uh, these are clearly uh, part of us. But that there's also maybe – maybe if it's a little kitschy, but to say light, there's a moment in which if we pause mm. – 
a little light breaks through into yeah. the into the equation, and maybe we can start to see the person who's might be scaring us or might be threatening us uh, in a different way. And I think that's kind of what um, a lot of us, you know, and the data Boyd supports this. You know, when you look at the issues around which, if you say to Americans, are we divided on issues like guns or immigration? Uh, people say, of course, we're terribly divided. I can't stand the way those other people think. The truth is, when you look underneath the data, 60, 70, sometimes 80, sometimes even 90% yeah. of us agree. Yeah. Uh, we're not as divided as these contempt contractors want us to think we That's are. Right. Uh, uh, on the issue I know a lot about schools, when you ask people, uh, aren't we divided over things like social-emotional learning or equity? The answer is not at all. Yeah. 80 to 90% of parents, teachers, principals agree on the need for these kinds of interventions. Same thing on guns. Yeah. I know it's a divisive and polarizing issue, but most of us agree on basic gun safety issues, yeah. not not on repealing the Second Amendment or threatening the Second Amendment, and not on uh, you know having everybody in the in the country have a helicopter gunship in their backyard either. Right? There's a fairly sensible middle ground, but you won't hear about it. That's right, because the shampoo, rinse, repeat <laughs> industry yeah. that wants your twenty five bucks wants you to think they're after you. Yeah, they're coming for you. Yeah, and if you bend. You'll be on the slippery slope to losing your rights, losing your family, losing your values, losing your vision for the future. It's not true. We're going to stay with the conversation just a little bit longer. When we come back, you're going to learn about Dividers Anonymous. Are you a divider? Are you addicted to contempt? We're going to continue our conversation with Tim Shriver coming up next. Stay with us. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. One of the things that I saw in, in Washington over and over, I was just stunned at how many of the, the battles had nothing to do with left or right. Yeah. It was those in power uh, against everyone else. And those in power wanted to maintain the status quo. And we know dictators have used this for thousands of years that if you convince the people that they're too divided, uh, then then they need someone to be in charge. They need and, they rely and on both the, political on parties right. do that because if they convince us that we are too divided to deal with guns or health care yeah. immigration – it gives Congress an excuse to do nothing. Right. It gives presidents of either party the excuse to do things by executive order, right. and then we wonder why everything's so angry and contentious politically in the yeah. courts. And the, and and again, you go back to like, okay, so is that really the division in the country? Well, guess what? The biggest party in the country is independents. Yeah. It's not Republicans or Democrats. Right. I'm sorry to say because I grew up in a very politically active family in one party. Um, uh, both parties have lost their hold on the consciousness of our country because we don't trust them, them yeah. anymore. We don't trust our own party to be telling us the truth. Why? Because we've noticed that they lie to us about the other side and even about ourselves. So while we may have an affiliation with a particular group, it's it's a distrustful affiliation yeah. now. So the the fact that uh, the fastest growing party in the United States is not Republicans and Democrats, independents. I think the numbers now that between Republicans and Democrats combined, they account for less than 60% of the country, yeah. both parties. Right. So, um, you know, the country's moving in a much more fluid direction, all of us. We're finding new ways to build community. We're finding new ways to practice our faith and our spirituality that don't necessarily label or humiliate other traditions. Mm-hmm. We're finding new ways to educate our children that support them in a holistic way. We're finding new ways to solve problems. We're not, we're not 
intuitively drawn to the hate and contempt. All of these news sites are declining yeah. in their audiences. Social media news sites declining precipitously. Why? People have had enough of it. Yeah. We're starving for an alternative. Yeah, and, and it is that alternative. And uh, you mentioned earlier that it is sort of this this addiction. Uh, I know you've been part of a, a grand yeah. experiment uh, in uh, Dividers Anonymous. Well, we've taken seriously. <laughs> so we've taken seriously our own, our small group of people. That, uh, we, we call ourselves Unite. Uh, and it's it's a loose confederation of friends and scholars and community workers and teachers and all kinds of different folks. Uh, we've taken seriously the challenge to ourselves that have we become addicted mm. to contempt. Or, and so we went and said, well, you know, the best model we know for people who are addicts is 12-step models. Yeah. And I'm sure many of your listeners uh, are familiar with 12-step models, uh, most famously launched in the latter part of the, uh, the beginning of the last century uh, uh, under the name of Alcoholics Anonymous, a, uh, an experience, a community, a path, a way of life that allows people to shake themselves out of the trap of an, an addiction and find a community and a pathway towards healing. So we've created uh, a 12-step program mm. for people who are addicted to divisiveness and mm. contempt and scapegoating. Wow. And we're a very small group. <laughs> we only have about 10 of us so far. Uh, just experimenting. We rewrote the 12 steps um, for our country, in a way, for this issue of our addiction to contempt and and scapegoating and divisiveness, and we meet once a week, and we're we're preparing to maybe share this with other people. Not, we're not holding it in because it's a secret. We're just holding it in because we we want to make sure we know what we're doing. Yeah, and we have a couple of folks who are very very gifted in in the twelve step models, and, and they've been guiding it. But I'll tell you the, the the headline, Boyd, is that when you meet once a week with other people, and you start the meeting by saying, "I'm trapped." Mm. I'm trapped in thinking I'm superior and I'm separate from others. And you use that lens during the week yeah. because the the community stays with you. And you notice yourself judging them and and thinking you're better than them and pushing people away from your from from yourself because you're afraid of them and feeling threatened by people and noticing the threat response. Just this process of bringing it to awareness has given those this our small little group and uh, if your listeners are interested you know send an email or 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 or, or reach out and we'll, we can find ways to connect but we're we're open to expanding these groups and inviting other people into them because we have found it to be uh, I dare say this is an overused term life changing yeah well and the, and those transformational moments come when you're having those authentic conversations yeah uh, where you're really looking yourself in the mirror it's always easy to point fingers place blame shrug your shoulders you know not my not my problem not my fault uh, and, and so I want to ask you as you've gone through this uh, and feeling your way along. Uh, what has been the most surprising thing that has come up in the meetings, or what's been the most surprising realization for you uh, as you've gone through that? Well, I think, um, I, I guess I'd say two things. And of course, these are confidential meetings, so I've got so many stories I'd like to share, but uh, it's, uh, I, I It can't. is inside sources, you know, too. We, <laughs> we, won't, we won't make you disclose. But uh, I'd say two things. Um, the first is how this I'll call it a mechanism that is in our culture now, this mm -hmm. division mechanism. Yeah. It's inside of all of us, mm -hmm. and it's really common. Uh, some people have said in, in theological circles that when Christians refer to the sin of the world, which is in many of our Christian traditions, we refer to 
uh, taking away the sin, that the the most basic sin is our our need to separate ourselves from mm-hmm. others and then begin to blame them. You see mm-hmm. this in the Adam and Eve story. Yeah, yeah. What does Adam say? <laughs> wasn't me. Not my problem. Yeah. What does Eve say? <laughs> wasn't me. Right? It's the other person. Yeah. Right? So you can see this in human consciousness. So the first realization is, wow, this is all through my life. Yeah. Uh, this is this, not just politics. This is not just I don't like Republicans or I don't like Democrats or I don't like people who are pro-choice or pro-life or I don't like people who are pro-guns or anti. You know, it's like wow, I do this all the time. Yeah, that's a little bit humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I like to think of myself. Well, I mean, of course, I think I'm a little better than most people. Right there, you see it. There you go. <laughs> there I go again. You know, I'm Tim and I'm a divider. Uh, and and everyone in our group would say hi, Tim. Um, <laughs> I think the second thing um, that's come out of the meetings, and I, again, I won't disclose this, but people in the meetings will often go, wow, I'm starving for experiences of mm-hmm. unity and inclusion. Yeah, And uh, I can say this because I shared this at, at a meeting recently. I, I, I was noticing myself in the vice grip of a, a lot of pressure on work-related stuff. And someone came to me, well, I'll say my son came to me and said, Dad, uh, would you would you like to go out at five thirty and uh, and hang out a little bit? And I was like, you know, I got work to do, and that's not important. I miss my own son. Mm. And the meeting voice came to me, and I was like, that's what I'm starving for. Yeah, an hour with my son. Mm. And I put down my internet, you know, and my email at five thirty, and we went out for an hour and. I brought to that experience such a sense of gratitude and joy and just – I was just like – I was just with him. And we nothing special. I mean mm-hmm. it would have been a, just a regular yeah. Wednesday afternoon. But I just felt like, my goodness, the world is beautiful and my son is just beautiful. <laughs> How lucky am yeah. I? So I think this, this sense – you know, we – the pollsters tell us we have a starving majority or a hungry majority or a vast middle – but to me, that moment became an experience yeah. of hunger for connection with someone very close to me. It's not that I was separated from him, but just that I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Uh, great insight as always. Uh, Tim Schreiber, we appreciate you stopping in. We're going to continue this conversation with Tim uh, in the coming months uh, because I think this is the crucial conversation of our time. And Tim, appreciate your work in this area, unite.org. Uh, so important. And uh, we'll have you back to see how the meetings continue Thanks, uh, and boy. how we all can engage in this. As Tim said, it's, it is about taking it with you, keeping it with you, uh, because then you do get those experiences, those transformational moments uh, where you know you're on the right path, having the right conversation in the right way. So, Tim, thanks again for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. These are the crucial conversations. Are you a divider? Are you in need of a little Dividers Anonymous? Are you addicted to contempt? It's a good chance to do a real quick assessment. We'll continue the conversation. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for top of the hour news. Coming up in hour number two, Sim Gill is going to join us right off the top to talk about some criminal justice reforms, the things he's learning as he travels the country. Stay with us. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. 
More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.